If you're in a relationship with an Enneagram 9, then you should know that their ego is telling them that life is better when things just stay the way they are. Average 9s can adapt to healthy environments as easily as they can adapt to dysfunctional ones because their primary concern is staying connected to the people they love rather than trying to improve their own life. Now, since 9s are always adapting, they can be very different people depending on who they're with and of course, their level of health. So in this relationship overview, each theme is based on one of the very different partners you're likely to experience in a relationship with an Enneagram 9. First up is the peaceful partner. Second is the passive partner. Then we've got the disappearing partner, then the present partner, and lastly, the ideal partner. All right, that's our roadmap. Ready? Let's get started. The most common version of an Enneagram 9 that you'll experience in a relationship is the peaceful partner. It's why the Enneagram Institute calls them the peacemaker. Nines are incredibly kind, considerate, easygoing folks that just wanna spread love and peace wherever they go. They're really the hippies of the Enneagram or uh, the Miss Americas if they're tapping into that high side of the three. Nines just have this unrelenting desire to see the best in people and that feeling of acceptance is what makes all other Enneagram types gravitate to healthy nines. It's also why nines sit at the top of the Enneagram because they have this unifying force inside of them that comes from their unique ability to empathize with the perspective of the other eight Enneagram types. Ironically, the nine's empathy doesn't mean they dismiss your flaws. And in fact, they can be quite bold in stating what your problem is, and that's because they're hypersensitive to any behavior that disrupts their sense of equilibrium. Nines are healthy when they feel stable enough to confront problems head on because they know their motives are pure and they believe there's a light at the end of the tunnel, which is love, healing and reconciliation. Now, sometimes nines are a bit unrealistic in their positive outlook, and that's just part of the way they cope with pain, which is described by their place within the harmonic triad. If you wanna learn more about the nines place within each of the three triads, then I've got a video linked in the description below. But the short version of it is that when shit hits the fan, positive outlook types go straight for the silver lining. Less healthy nines have this instinctual reaction to ignore their pain, sorrow, or grief, and jump straight to whatever positive narrative they can come up with just so they can continue living in their ideal, yet imaginary world. Now, in relationships, when nines feel stung by their partner and can't suppress their negative emotions any longer, they mostly just resort to lobbing out a few passive-aggressive comments about the most sensitive areas of your life, and then they escape back into one of their many mindless yet peaceful routines. It takes a truly epic conflict to get nines to boil over with rage, which, surprise, surprise, all nines actually wrestle with a deep pool of dormant rage that stems from their frustration with all the ways that life just doesn't allow them to have the peaceful existence they want. Now, when nines don't feel strong enough to be a peacemaker, they resort to being a peacekeeper. It's a slight change in terminology, but it's a valuable way of differentiating someone that feels empowered versus someone that feels passive. And that's the perfect segue to our next theme, which is nines as a passive partner. Nines are often compared to elephants because they're so gentle, loving, stubborn, and can actually sleep standing up. Which is to say, nines can look awake, but they have no intention of doing anything. That's because nines are the most naturally indecisive of all Enneagram types, just a notch above type six. Nines typically get labeled as so low maintenance and super easygoing, but that's just because they have no idea what they actually want. And when you press them to decide for themselves, they stall. Nines just prefer to keep whatever peace they do have by chilling out in a nice, familiar setting. In relationships, this often leads nines to stay with an unhealthy or mismatched partner 
for decades because they just don't know who else to be with. Another way to say it is that nines are frequently ambivalent. Ironically, they may have a very clear idea of what they don't want, which is usually getting into a fight, breaking up, having to find another place to live, getting back on dating apps, and all that annoying shit that comes from making an honest yet difficult decision to improve your life in the long run. But other than that, all options just seem like equally good options, so why not stay put? Even in a good relationship with an average nine, their partners will still find it incredibly difficult to motivate them to leave a bad yet familiar situation, like a job they hate but have had for years. Average nines often need to be pushed out of a bad situation against their will because they just lack the intrinsic belief that their life is gonna get better if they upset the status quo. Nines also have this subtle way of draining their own gas tank so they never have to make a decision. For example, a nine will commit to all these different activities after work so that when they get home, they can have the excuse of being too tired to finish that resume they need to send out, which would ultimately help them leave the job they hate. A real sign of health for nines is when they start speaking up for themselves and getting disciplined with their time and energy and ultimately pursuing their true passions. The longer nines resist their unique vision of a beautiful life, the more they turn into a complacent shell of themselves. And that's our segue to the next theme, which is nines as the disappearing partner. Nines don't disappear solely because they're afraid of conflict or can't make up their mind. They disappear because they're afraid of this deep, often subconscious desire to feel free and independent. This desire scares nines because they believe that being autonomous means severing their connection to all the people they love, and that's their greatest fear. Nines just want everyone to be happy so that they stay together. They want it so bad that they'll erase themselves from the picture entirely if that means everybody stays together. So the nine's disappearance is actually coming from this noble desire for harmony, despite it looking like a stubborn resistance to all the glaring problems in their life. Again, all this resistance to the nine's reality stems from the fear that if they were to speak their truth, they would lose the people they love and the lifestyle they've become accustomed to. This strategy also allows nines to avoid taking any blame for the quality of their life as they abdicate any responsibility when it comes to making major decisions about their future. After all, you can't blame someone for making a wrong decision if they never make a decision. The more nines disappear from their life, the more they become what Carl Jung called a menace to their environment because they literally allow any horrible behavior to persist if it means they can stay comfortably numb. Cue Pink Floyd. Now in relationships, this is a real tricky theme to navigate because many partners actually benefit from their nine's disappearance. I can't count the number of aggressive, controlling partners I've seen gravitate to unhealthy nines because it lets them be in a relationship without actually having to change any of their toxic behaviors. So the nine just goes with it. As I said earlier, nines are the most naturally accepting Enneagram type, which is not always a good thing. Nines that look like they've accepted their partner for who they are may just be totally unwilling to risk a life lived alone. And that's partially why sixes and nines mistype as each other all the time. Ironically, nines tend to enjoy a more independent lifestyle more than they realize because of this subconscious desire for autonomy that I mentioned at the start of this theme. Ultimately, the only way nines manifest their greatest gifts in a relationship is by being their own independent person, which honestly, their partners may not enjoy, but should always respect. All right, that leads us to our next theme, which is nines as the present partner. Healthy nines are shockingly different than the world of Enneagram memes and stereotypes would have you believe. During what's known as the movement of integration, nines take on many of the best traits of the type three achiever. 
Enneagram threes have this innate sense that their presence matters and that they're capable of doing great things. So integrated nines are those that throw out all that self-deprecating nonsense about how their presence doesn't really matter and are instead quite bold in their pursuit of what they love and find meaningful. Nines also take on the ambition of the three without all of that superficial competitiveness because at their core, they really just wanna do something that makes the world a better place. Now, before this grand vision of a healthy present nine appears in your relationship, they often take some baby steps first, which you'll experience in the way they start making decisions. Nines that are still getting comfortable with their influence in life make decisions very slowly because they worry about every negative reaction or counter argument that could come once they finally decide what to do, and that just stresses them out. However, once nines finally do come to a conclusion, their choice tends to come as a total surprise to their partner because they don't let anyone into their thought process along the way. Also, once nines have a decision, much like a baby, they hold it dearly and try to defend it by rambling on and on about each and every detail because they've thought about it so long that every minor detail feels equally important, even though they're not. All that to say, as nines become more present in their relationships, their partners should try their best to be patient and supportive of their lengthy decision-making process. Speaking of a lengthy process, it's time to wrap this episode up with our fifth and final theme, which is the ideal partner. This final theme is a bit of a bait and switch because surprise, it's not all about how nines are the ideal romantic partner. What it's actually about is the nines tendency to idealize the ones they love. Now, this tendency goes way back to their childhood when they learned to idealize their parents as a way of maintaining this fantasy of a happy family by blocking out whatever drama existed in the home. Nines can have incredibly abusive or neglectful parents and still remain close to them throughout their entire lives. This can be a major source of tension for the nine's partner if they get pulled into all that family drama because the nine simply can't put up a healthy boundary between them and their parents. However, nines also tend to idealize their romantic partner as all the positive feelings they have for their partner allow them to numb the negative feelings they have for themselves. Another way to say it is that nines lose themselves in the ones they love. So even if a relationship is a complete mess, the thought of ending it feels totally disorienting. They just wouldn't know what to do with their life if the relationship ended. Now, once nines merge identities with their partner, they fixate on their positive qualities and will often rehearse nostalgic memories of whatever happy moments they've shared together in order to justify staying in a relationship that deep down, they probably know they should leave. It's that habit of blocking out the sound of mom and dad fighting so they can pretend that home is where the heart is. Ultimately, nines are never an ideal partner if they're not actively addressing ways their relationship could and should be better, and then putting a significant amount of energy into their own personal growth. Okay. Like I said, this theme was a bit of a bait and switch, and it's certainly not the funnest one to end on, but I would wager a guess that due to all the tendencies we've just discussed in this episode about the nines complacency, there are more nines out there in relationships they need to end or just severely adjust than any other Enneagram type. And I guess if you're in a relationship with a nine and all that just made you feel really uncomfortable, then I guess this episode did its job. Lord knows the nine wasn't gonna say anything. Well, if I haven't made things too awkward to continue, then I've got one last super brief section on the type nine's love language, shall we?
As a refresher, the five love languages are quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, and gifts. Now, there's no science to this, but I'd guess that based on the nine's major personality traits, that words of affirmation is their top love language, just above quality time. If you can compliment a nine while having a nice dinner together, then boom, their love tank is probably sky high. I would also say that acts of service is probably near the bottom because nines never want to feel like they're a burden and so they often avoid getting in the middle of something you could probably do for yourself. But again, not a scientific fact, just a general pattern. So let me know in the comments if you're a nine and you know your primary love language. Okay, friends, that's a wrap on this overview of the major relationship themes for Enneagram nines. I've got videos on each Enneagram relationship pairing for nines coming out next. So be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content as it becomes available. I've also got relationship overviews for the other eight Enneagram types as well. So if you're hungry for more, be sure to go check those out. All right, just wanna say that I really appreciate you watching. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, then I look forward to seeing you again on another episode of You've Got a Type.